0: Hammer down and push your car to the limit. No better way to quiet your critics than to go to victory lane. From turbochargers to tight turns, we're covering everything that's happening in the NTT IndyCar
1: series. Helio
0: Castro joins the four-time winner's
1: please. Ericsson wins the Indianapolis 500 in the most dramatic way. Exclusive interviews with drivers, crew chiefs, and team owners
0: discussing the
2: IndyCar
1: storylines that matter to you.
2: No matter whether it's a street circuit, a road course, a super
0: speedway, or a small oval, it's fantastic, and there's more to come in 2022. This
1: is Sirius XM's Brick Brick by brick. Brick.
0: It is time for us to get back together yet again for this week. At uh, my side is my compadre, really the master guide to all that is the NTT IndyCar series, the 2013 Indy 500 champion, my buddy TK Tony Kanan. TK, Road America just had so many facets to it. A little bit later in the show, uh, we're going to take a look at the good, the bad, and the ugly. and In fact, visit with IndyCar's newest million-dollar man. What a great performance by Joseph Newgarden.
2: Uh, I'm not going to mention that I picked him, but, you know,
0: yeah, it it was. Oh, by the way, dude, you're on a roll.
2: I know. I, I, you know, I I don't have any insight, like, Mm -hmm. tips or anything, but I should be actually playing my bets, I have to say. You know, it's uh, luckily or not, we got it right. And, I mean, last year and I, if you and I get together, I think we'll, uh, you know,
0: we'll make some money. (laughs) I think you you may be right. You know, too, let's look at. The end result, there were so many comers and goers. But I think if you're Andretti Autosport, you've got to look at the performance of Alexander Rossi. And they're beginning to cobble together good finishes. And that should bode some positivity going into this second half of the season.
2: No, 100%, Jack. And I think, you know, we talked to Alex uh, on the last show. And although he said, he doesn't believe that made a difference. That you know, they both decided where to go in the future. Right. Yeah. Unconsciously, that probably helped a bit. I think they got, you know, he mentioned about some team personnel shuffling and what they had. And and unfortunately, I mean, he was very professional. But the reality is, if you watch the race, he lost that race in the pit stop. He had a a two second slower pit stop than than guard. Now, I'm not saying he's only on the team side. You never know. You gotta evaluate there's so many in laps, out laps. how you hit, the driver hits your marks, but anyway, but because he mentioned, you know, they had some trouble in the past, I still believe that that team is still kind of coming together, which is kind of like, you know, you don't want to, like, say, wow, but this is a a championship winning team, how are they, you know, personnel changes a lot, they shuffle people around, it's a big team, so I see that, Uh, I think, my opinion, New Garden had a superior car, but, at that point, beating New Garden out of the pits could have made New Garden life a lot harder. and maybe the outcome of the race would have been different. But in my opinion, and I think it's actually a fact, they improved a lot. I think it's promising, but they lo- they lost that race on a pissed off.
0: Meanwhile, Marcus Erickson salvages <laughs> the day uh, at what cost well, we'll get into that in just a moment, but uh, is once again the championship standings leader. But as the chairman of the Email Drivers Association, the little uh, wheel bump between teammates, your two teammates, the Sneaky Swede and Alex Pillow, uh, we're going to visit with Alex a little bit later. Again, talk about being diplomatic. I thought Alex was very diplomatic, but even Ray Charles could have seen and recognized that he was put out by that move by Erickson. He was
2: upset for sure. And I think he voiced that in the interview a little bit, you know, when he said, ah, he was trying to win the race in the first lap. But I mean, it was a late move. Yes. There was a space. It was watching it on that incident. They both could have played a little bit easier. Yeah. Um, Erickson, in my opinion, could have waited it. And at the same time, Alex could have, you know, Alex gave him room, but then he was trying to tuck it back in coming off the corner not to let the next guy by because you're going up the hill. That is an easy corner to lose another position. Uh, it's a track, you know, track position was a lot, very important there. But then with that late move, Erickson actually ran a little wide as well in the middle of the corner. I mean, I'm not trying to be political here. I was no email to the Drivers Association about that because that's not, it's their problem. They can solve it. do them straighten themselves.
0: it out. Exactly.
2: Yeah. I purposely didn't speak to any of them because I wanted to talk to Alex on the show. Um, I even, I emailed Nate right away and said, Nate, we need to get Alex or Erickson on the show. Um, In a way, this is my take, Jack, and I'm not making a statement of either way. I think erickson has been growing. erickson has been, for the first time, trying to put his elbows out. He is ahead of all of them and his teammates in the championship. He saw an opportunity he went for. That doesn't mean Alex doesn't have the rights to be mad. I think you don't expect that out of your teammates because if it was anybody else, Alex was going to be mad, but it's just, it's, it's a move. It was a gap. Alex played a little nicer too because it was his teammate. So I think some boundaries have been established there. And I think when, you know, Alex dominated last year, Ericsson, let's face it, was always the third driver there. Now he's showing potential. So he's trying to set you know his foot down and say, hey, I'm here as well. Let's play at the same level. And Every once in a while, when that happens, uh, you have a little bit of a power fight. You're gonna have to adjust. It happened with me and Dario, and happened with me and Dan. It happens, right? It's not a big deal. It's not something that uh, I think is gonna create. Obviously, you know, to get out of the car and stick a microphone on a driver that just got taken out. It's to me, it's not fair. But that's your guy's job. Uh,
0: it is what it is, TK. And a little bit later in the show, we'll have another. It is what it is and try to drill down into the uh, willpower and Devlin Francesco little set tete <laughs> that took place when we visit with uh, Devlin. But first up, I had the opportunity yesterday to visit with the new million dollar man, Joseph Newgarden, as uh, he prepared to uh, take on all comers winning on a street course, a permanent road course, and then that thrilling come-from-behind victory. And it was fun to visit with J. New. Take a listen. Well, joining us now on Brick by Brick, well, he's better known as one of the top drivers in the NTT IndyCar series, but after his performance this past weekend at Road America, maybe we should add to Joseph Newgarden, the million-dollar man. Amazing performance. We'll talk about the race in just a minute, but the million dollars that was up for grabs that you got to split half between your crew and half between two of your favorite charities, Joseph, that that's gotta be an amazing accomplishment. And, you know, you took care of business on a street course on an oval, and then on a permanent road course, (laughs) congratulations.
1: Well, thank you. You know, we're, we're obviously to your point, we're very thankful to people ready you know, force for good putting up this challenge. Um, I, I get into a weekend and I get so focused on just winning the race because we're there to win a race. Um, and, you know, the fact that there's this bonus of a million dollars and half of it's going to be able to go to charity and we were able to win it was so big for the charities that I'm going to send them to uh, Serious Fund Children's Network and Wags and Walks out of Nashville. They're both thrilled. They're, they're going to get a quarter million bucks a piece from this, which is, you know, I think very life changing. Um, in some ways, especially for wags and walks out of Nashville, who they're, they're just trying to build a permanent facility. Uh, they're a dog rescue out of Nashville here. So big deal, very happy and honored to be able to do it. You know, after securing that, we're just focused on the championship at this point.
0: Yeah, there was that moment when I heard Sindrick, uh on the cool down lap tell you that you just won a million dollars. And you let the world know that, well, you were a little busy for two hours or so, and that had slipped your mind. But you got busy right off the trailer, Joseph. What was the key? Did very, very well, qualified on the front row, and then it was a typical Road America performance. Whenever the Indy cars get there, a variety of, of strategies, and on several occasions, I had to imagine for you, an awful lot of trust on the guy calling the shots atop your pit box because you looked like you were out of it, but really – what you were doing was putting together a strategy that counted back from the last lap rather than deal with the moment at the time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, we, it starts with having a good car. We had a good car all weekend right away. Practice one. It was pretty happy. felt like we had, we had left off of from where we were the year before and uh, qualified pretty well. And then in the race, you know, it was a matter of trying to stay in touch with, with Rossi, um, you know, filing to second was, was a big deal for us. I thought we might get, Uh, you know, push back a little bit at the start, which can happen. Starting second at Road America is a long straightaway to start the race. And, you know, starting second, you feel a little bit exposed, like people can just, you know, run right by you, uh, especially the the people following the leader. But we filed in second. And then, yeah, uh, to your point, you know, after that first stint or really within the first stint, there's some people that stopped early on one of the cautions. And we just we elected not to. We we tried to wait until our window opened uh, for that first pit stop. And you don't know how that's going to go. You know, sometimes that can that can go the wrong way and it can favor the, the people that stop sooner than you. Uh, but we felt pretty confident that staying out was the right thing to do. And fortunately, you know, it, it worked out just fine for us uh, the, the way it all um, filed in. So, yeah, you have a lot of trust in your team and, and what they're seeing and what they're doing. And, you know, I try and give my input and drive the car well, and hopefully it all lines up.
0: I, I got to tell you, you seem to rise above the occasion. Anytime the media... Before they drop the green flag, says, "Oh, insert the name other than Joseph Newgarden. You know, insert a name. He's already got it locked up. What comes to mind is St. Pete earlier this year. You kind of take that as an additional motivation. After Rossi's performance during practice and then that P1 and qualifying, an awful lot of people had already said this is Rossi's race to lose. Forgive me, but I don't think he lost it. I think literally." You won it. You beat him in his own game.
1: Well, I mean, I would, I would, you know, if you're asking me how we felt, we felt pretty confident that we could win that yeah. race. We felt confident going into qualifying that we could qualify and poll. And obviously we just missed it, you know, by a little bit over Alex. And look, Alex did an amazing lap. You know, it was very deserving of the poll. And, you know, certainly was very quick all weekend. Like you said, you know, we knew he was going to be, Probably one of, if not our biggest challengers on the weekend, and we we saw that right from the beginning. And it was no different in the race. I think he was the toughest guy to beat on the day. But I certainly felt confident in what we were doing. It felt like we had a car to, you know, go to the finish. We had plenty of speed, and it, you know, if we play things right, there's no reason we can't win on the day. Um, so I felt that all the way throughout. But you can't discount what Alex was doing on the weekend. I think he had a very strong uh, presence and was by no means, you know, easy to beat.
0: You alluded to the fact that uh, maybe some people were already focusing too much at the tip of the spear in the points chase, but with that victory, now you got three under your belt, and you are right smack dab in the middle of the points chase, and we tend to forget, Joseph. Now we turn the corner. The second half of the season is on board. So during this brief hiatus before next up is mid-Ohio, what are you and your Team Penske team really trying to concentrate on not only for mid Ohio, but for the rest of the season.
1: Well, it's really consistency is the most important thing, but we, we have a lo- long way to go. As you just described, you know, we're not even technically halfway. We're very that's close true. to it. Yeah, that's right. Um, I mean, we're very close. We're within half a race of being halfway. You know what?
0: Leave it to you to be that precise. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, I know, I know my countdowns. I know exactly how long we've got to go. <laughs> And it does get very interesting on this stretch of the championship and, you know, people really start to posture and figure out, you know, who's, who's the real challengers in this mm-hmm. championship race. And I think we're one of them. I think we can be in that fight, um, but we've got to be consistent. There's, you know, it's a little bit boring, but there's no way around it. You know, these championships are built off of every single race. It's not one race that make or breaks the championship. It's really the culmination of everything. So You know, we we break it down and it's one event at a time. If you maximize each event individually, then, you know, the championship should take care of itself. We've just got to focus on being good across, you know, the whole board.
0: All right. So when you survey, and I will correct myself, the almost halfway point in the season, what when you look at the individual events that lie ahead, tell me one, not that is going to determine the championship, because I agree with what you just said, but the one that you look at and say, you know what, that's going to be challenging and is going to demand the ultimate in my race craft and the best prep from my team.
1: Well, it's, they're all difficult. They really yeah. are. It's, it's, yeah. it's hard to choose one. I think Iowa is going to be very critical. It's technically a double points race. It's two races on the weekend. So you look at that as kind of a double point situation, just like Indianapolis. So I, I think Iowa is very, key on the calendar. You know, we want to emphasize that and make sure we have a good weekend there. Um, that's probably what I would highlight the most. But, you know, they're they're all difficult in their own ways. But but Iowa with the double points is is certainly a, certainly a, a highlight for us.
0: Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe this is the first victory that you've experienced as a dad and Father's Day is coming up this weekend. So, uh, you know, how do you think Year one of being a dad on Father's Day. Uh, how do you think that's going to go, my friend?
1: You know, I totally forgot about that. That Just like is, the
0: people ready million dollars. I there you go. Don't,
1: right. I don't think about it. I'm, <laughs> I'm so locked in. I'm just locked in on on going to the track and doing my job. But you're right. It is the first win that I've had as a dad. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. You know, unfortunately, koto my son, was not there with us. So he didn't get to experience that. But it is you know, it's exciting times. Things are changing around here. You know, I don't, I don't know how that's going to change father's day. I don't, I don't know. I've never had a father's day, so I, I, don't, I don't know what to expect right now.
0: Well, get ready. Cause you're going to have a whole ton of them from this point forward. You know, some of us have been fortunate enough to follow you up through the ranks from carding to, you know, finally signing with team Penske to winning a championship and along the way, You've grown up, Joseph, and you've grown up in the world of IndyCar racing. You've made some decisions. I remember visiting with you when you and your at that time, I believe it was still your fiance, decided, you know what? I don't need to be right next door to Team Penske in North Carolina. I want to go back to my home. I want to go back to Nashville. And you did that. And the decisions that the New Garden family are making now, are they still predicated on your career, or is it like the key to having a winning race car? Balance between the two of them, the private life and what you do for a living.
1: I think it's very heavily dictated on the balance. You know, moving to Nashville moment was was really good for us in a lot of ways. And, you know, I I felt like it wasn't going to detract from my performance. Uh, If anything, it would just enhance it in some ways and bringing that balance. And yeah, I think all our, all our other decisions from this point will be in the same respect. They'll just try and, you know, be off of balance. And, you know, for me, the, the racing stuff is still a heavy commitment. It's, it's very front of mind for me, you know, what, what is going to give me the best performance and what's going to give our team the best opportunity to get the most out of me. Um, So I'm always thinking about that a lot, but you know, the balance of the family is, it's even more important now and it's going to change than what it used to be when it was just Ashley. and me. that was a very different world than having three of us. So, you know, we'll navigate that, but I think, you know, trying to keep the balance is is important and I've seen the benefits of that.
0: Well, I want to go back to that people already 500 K that you get. And I know it's shared with the team, but is there any left that maybe Ashley could go out and have a, day at the mall so to speak or you know a girl's day to just shop her brains out or are you handing it all over to the team
1: oh i i you know i don't even know how we're divvying this up yet but there's <laughs> regardless of the people ready money there's plenty that we're going to be able to go do and um make sure mom's taken care of and and we'll make sure to do that so i've i've got it covered i've got it covered
0: just like you have the race at Road America covered. Hey, congratulations. Always a treat to sit down and spend a little time with you and uh, enjoy your very first Father's Day and we'll check in with you a little later to find out how that went. But in the meantime, as I said, enjoy the first, the first of many. Thanks, Joseph.
1: Thanks, Jack. See ya. Quick pit stop and then we're back on the track. This is Sirius XM's Brick by Brick. This is Sirius XM's
0: Brick by Brick. Welcome back to Brick by Brick on NBC Sports Audio on Sirius XM. It is uh, our time to spend some time with your champion, but more importantly, with your teammate, Tony Kanaan, as the defending champion of the NTT IndyCar Series makes yet another appearance here on Brick by Brick. We're talking about Alex Palou. Alex, welcome to the show yet again. You've had some time, TK and I, before you joined us. Uh, started to uh, dissect the little uh, rivalry that was developed, and that I said you handled so diplomatically in the heat of the moment uh, there at Road America. Current state of affairs: everybody back in their respective corners, and uh, back being a one, you know, five drivers in one team. Hey,
3: Jack. Thank you for having me. Uh, no, we actually have a fight this upcoming weekend. There's, uh, you can come if you want. And it's on a ring, so um, yeah, you're invited to go. TK is gonna cheer for both of us, so let's see who wins. No, it's all good, it's all good, yeah.
0: And and I thought TK was very precise in what he said is look, everybody's still trying to take hold of trying to define what's going to be necessary to be the alpha dog or be the leader, or let's face it, Chip likes winners, so (laughs) you know that that sort of internal type of moving about and competition. That's just another aspect of being part of CGR, is it not?
3: Yeah, for sure. I think when when you're fighting and um, when you know you have a really good car and um, you're having a good day so far and you know you're going to have an, a good race for you and you, you have chances to win, uh, it's frustrating when there's something that goes wrong. But, yeah, it's, it's part of racing, man. I always said when everything was going super good that we were going to have some struggles uh, at some point and, and everybody does that. So that's how you uh, win championships, by having less of uh, bad moments. Uh, that's what we did last year. So we'll, we'll try and do the same this year.
2: No, Alex, I, I, mean, I don't want to focus only on that, because I think for the first time you showed that you're human, um, I would have reacted a lot worse than you did on in an interview. I've, seen, a, I've um, seen him
0: react a lot worse. So, okay. but,
2: <laughs> what I want to talk about is the championship. I've seen how the way you won it last year. I know you very well, so it's hard for me to, to interview you and not tell things that I know that's strong about you and how you turn situations around. But I remember in the road course, you had that mechanical issue and your DNF. And you came back and, and won. So what I saw, correct if I'm wrong, but you had all the rights to be upset. I think there is many ways to look at the incident. And, you know, I have my version. You have yours. Erickson's going to have yours. Jack's going to have his, the fans. You know, my point is, I think I've seen how you react to a, a bad situation becoming extremely positive for you. I mean, do you think this break, this two-week break that we're going to have um, it's gonna you know, it, does that trigger you again, like the Alex that I saw last year says you know what? Mm, I'm not sure everybody now again that we can have a hiccup, but we're back we're gonna we're gonna fight until the end.
3: Yeah, for sure. I think um just going back to that situation, obviously I spoke to to Marcus, everything is good uh, we we, we're not going to fight uh, next weekend and um, my reaction obviously was not not uh, appropriate but uh, at that moment I just saw what I was uh, what it was in my eyes which was my car not all the cars and I had one idea and everything went wrong so obviously afterwards everything is clear with Marcus and everybody so it's all good. Um, last year was we had some tough times but I don't think it was our fault, let's say, let's say that way. So it's easier to accept uh, bad moments because it's like, man, I could have done nothing different. While now it's like, man, why you didn't close the door and then you would have avoided any issues or why you didn't just let him pass when he was already ahead of you. And it's like um, you could have done so many different things on lap three and not finishing last. Uh, So that's the, part that it's a bit frustrating but at the same time and uh, with all the bad last month we had with the Indy road course Indy 500 it was not bad but it it could have been a lot better and then going to road America um, we're still there we're still in the mix Um, we just it's not like we need to do something crazy to fight for this championship we just need to do our work and obviously we need to put everything together in one weekend so yeah I'm looking forward to facing this, uh, I think we've never been in this position of being uh, 50 or 60 points back. So it's time to just go hard and get everything we have. It's not like we've not been doing it, but we didn't have to, let's say. It was more like oh, 30 is good, now 30 is not good. So um, yeah, we'll just try and do our best. Um, but I'm I'm happy, I'm confident. We We've started P three in Road America, P two in the road course, P two in the five hundred. So we we have performance. It's not like we we are struggling by not having performance. So easy job now. Do
2: you know that since Alex had joined CGR, he only missed the fast six once?
0: Wow, that's amazing.
2: So but I think the, the, that I think that
0: like, that goes go to though the potency, top to bottom with Chip Ganassi Racing, and uh, that. I would think uh, has to, Alex, get you to the point where, uh, as you said, we have the consistency. We know what it will take, but I do wonder this. Wouldn't you rather have an immediate gratification of turning things around? What I'm talking about is wouldn't you like to be headed off to mid Ohio this weekend so you could put all that crap from road America behind you?
3: Um, yes and no. I like to race, so I would race every weekend like TK does, if I could. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But uh, at the same time, I think it's good to have a small break. I know some things we can do better, and this gives me enough time to prepare myself, prepare with the team, and and get ready for middle high. So um, I know it's going to be also really condensed schedule at the end of the year, so it's good to have some time now get some rest and get as much work as we can in advance to the race weekend. So um, at this time I'm okay. It's only two weeks. Uh, It's, it's good enough time to relax and and get back to work. So um, I'm looking forward to this little break we have now.
0: You know, I got to say I'm very disappointed. I actually, TK can attest to this when you started outlining this big boxing match that you and, you know, uh, Marcus we're going to have in the off week. It got me genuinely excited, but I think I may have come up with a suitable compromise that would probably be much smarter. You always bring the donuts to encourage your team. I think, and TK, you weigh in on this. I think the appropriate thing that should be done is Marcus should bring donuts to your team and you bring donuts to his team. How about that?
3: Um, I think it's more that I have to do now. So, um,
0: I think. <laughs> he's not taking the work. bait, is he, TK? Not taking <laughs> no. the bait. No,
2: no, he's sending you a message. He's a good guy. I think, uh, you know, oh, for sure. If you watch what happened. And like I said, Alex, when you j- first joined, I was saying it's really, I think it's not fair, but it's part of the game to stick a microphone in somebody when you had the worst moment of your day, that doesn't happen in real life. It happens. In racing, because that's that's the product that we have. But And then, you know, you ended up in the heat of the moment. You say whatever you're feeling. And, and then it's right, because you're defending yourself. You're trying to reason, because kind of asking, why did this guy, I mean, my teammate, this is Marcos, or this is Scott, this is TK. Why? And, and basically, Jack, you know, I think we all got the message. Uh, I think Alex... I thought it was
0: done terrifically. It was done with a lot of class and a lot of poise, and you still got to understand the emotional content. But you know what? <laughs> There's nothing there, okay? The there isn't there. And that's the bottom line. And I think that that's where both drivers should be congratulated. But isn't that what teammates are supposed to do?
2: Yeah. But, again, that's why, you know, we're, fi- we're family. And we talked. We don't have to agree all the time. Like I said, just, just to end this situation there are many ways that you could see this and then i'm not I'm, I'm not taking sides i'm their teammates i want them well i i hated it when i was watching it because i was more
3: worried about what chip was gonna say to all of us than actually anything else. i mean um, he was gonna get in the ring as well with us too just so he came right right
2: but You know, you can argue that was a late move. You can argue that Alex, you know, he said it already. I should have done this, should have done that. But it's the the thing is, it's done. And I think it's over. I think, Alex, you guys are going to test in Iowa next week. Yes, Uh, that's correct. uh, We haven't been there in a couple of years, so it will be a very important test, right? So that will take things out of... uh, What are you looking for to that test? It's going to be hot. The cars are much heavier now. We haven't been there since... We introduce all the changes, so what, what are you expecting?
3: Yeah, so I, I'm looking forward uh, to having oval tests. I haven't had any oval tests apart of Indy, uh, obviously, um, but I haven't had any test day because it got canceled at Texas and previous year I couldn't do anything because of COVID. So um, I'm looking forward to just focusing on myself. I know there are some areas on the ovals that I can improve and I just want to improve them try and get more comfortable, and then focus on the car. I think the car was uh, good in 2020 when they raced before. I was not driving for CGR, obviously, but uh, and they had some- It divisions. was good,
1: it was good. It was good,
3: <laughs> it yeah. Was good. So that's, that's what we want. We want good cars. Um, I leave uh, the work to uh, Scott, to Marcus, and JJ at the beginning, and I'll focus a bit on myself and then join them. But um, I think it's good. It's good for the team as well that we can have. It's double points, let's say. It's two races. So it's an important weekend that we're going to have at Iowa. And I think it would be amazing if we we can have fast cars like we did at Indy. So uh, that's a goal. Well,
0: we'll we'll be tuning in for sure. And we'll be unpacking that one as it gets a little closer. As always, Mr. Palo, it is a pleasure and an honor to visit with you. Love your sense of humor. And uh, more importantly, what you have brought to Chip Ganassi Racing is singularly Alex Pillow. Good luck. Have a little Thank fun so on much. the time off, and uh, we'll visit with you again, all right? Thank you so much, guys. Well, TK, let's change gears, shift real quickly, because uh, the other side to the drama stories, the sidebars to what occurred uh, there at Road America, involve willpower and our next guest devlin de francesco from andretti autosport you know i'm going to confess all of us just as you said to when you shared with alex because of the nature of the way television and the media covers things sometimes things get blown out of proportion quite simply because of the access that we're granted when it was different but when willpower you know basically calmly was reflecting upon what happened and then said, you know, I can't wait for the next time I see him. And there was a little exchange after the race, but let's get the insider's side of the story. uh, As uh, Devlin joins us now, Devlin, you and uh, Will have had, had a conversation and you've had the opportunity now to look back. And I'm not asking you to try and lay claim to, was there a right or a wrong in the issue? How comfortable are you? And I'm going to let you speak on behalf of Will that uh, the differences were in the heat of the moment. And regardless of who was right, regardless of who was wrong, it's time to move on and uh, we'll take it to the next race.
4: You know, you said it perfectly. You know, we, we've spoke, we've we've cleared the air. You know, we, he, he called me on uh, on Monday morning and we just had a, a run through it and we chatted about it. And, uh, you know, it's behind us. Uh, you know, we're all looking forward to to middle half. Dev,
2: obviously you are, I, I know you too well, so it's kind of weird. Uh, <laughs> I can tell you a little story, but when uh, I lost my job uh, with Devlin's current team, his dad was the one that picked me up and helped me until we, we won the 500. So I owe a lot to him and, and his family. I've seen Devlin grow um, since he was a little kid, which is going to make me sound old. But um, Well, you Dev, are
0: old. I,
2: I was impressed. <laughs> Because I know you too well, and I know the way you really want to answer when they stuck the microphone after the race on you. And then I knew how hard it was going to be as a rookie going in against a guy that, you know, is very respected in, in the series. Then obviously the tendency is always like, well, it's the rookie, it's the rookie, it's this and it's that. And I'm amazed how you handle that. And you actually shut Kevin Lee down with your answer. I don't know if you know this, but I had the same altercation with Sam Hornish and Watkins Glen. They ended up, his dad, actually fighting me because I did do the same thing Will Power did to you. We had an altercation at the racetrack. At the end of the the race, I cut him off and hit him. And the whole mayhem started it. So, on your point of view, you were making moves the entire race i was really like i was cheering for you like i was like you put a huge pass on alio you and will had a little bit of a banging which is racing like you said on your interview and then you tried to undercut him and i think at that point that's when everything started but when your mindset could you have done anything different you can say no i did everything right uh one thing doesn't justify the other i think you know after being in will's position after the race i regretted what i've done big time because it was in the heat of the moment that cost me i've never spoke to sam hornish in my life again we're talking about 15 16 years ago yeah yeah um I was one, there. Stu- one stupid move Oh, you remember that so mm-hmm. in your point of view
4: dev you would have done anything different or not Look, I think we qualified out of position because we did have a fueling issue in qualifying. And our car was amazing. You know, we were making moves. The car was really, really fast. So, you know, I was being the aggressor, I was moving forward. And, you know, I you know, we banged wheels going into three and I had a really good run on and in going into turn five. And you know, as you know, because you raced in Road America plenty of times, the reds don't last that long. See that that advantage is only gonna last so long. So Could I have done something different? Maybe. But, uh, you know, I was pushing for it and I was going for it.
0: You know, Devlin, one of the things I think that fans don't appreciate with a rookie. First, you have to understand all of the dynamics that go into getting your specific team to work as a cohesive unit. Then there's this situation where you, as a rookie, have to figure out who you can race, who you can't race, or who you have to race differently. And you have to build your racecraft in an accelerated manner. There are, have been so many times that I've seen you in a media interview type situation where I always got the impression you want the feedback. You want to know how can I become a better driver? And that's a lot of pressure that, you know, an established veteran like Tony Kanan doesn't have to deal with. Where does that fit in developing your ultimate race craft?
4: I'd say ultimately it's about listening to the people who, who really do matter. For example, mm-hmm. that are on my car, that are putting the work in days in, days out, at the shop, my engineering team, my strategist, Rob Edwards, and the people that are helping me behind the scenes to, to get better. Those are the things I, I really take on and you know, I, I work from, from morning to night during the week for that reason.
2: So, Dev, what what's, has been the toughest thing that you've been come across this year you're you know you're a rookie everybody's expect you to be the rookie of the year you are in a team that is one of the best teams in indycar what are the challenges for you that you think are the biggest for you to like you know you have great teammates i mean you have fast teammates that puts more pressure on a rookie i was very lucky that my rookie of the year my rookie year i was one-car team, so I have nobody to compare to, at the same time, I was
4: unlucky because I had nobody to help me. What has been for you the biggest challenge? I'd say executing on the Reds and qualifying, you know, we only get one shot at it before, um, to, you know, to be able to execute on that lap, and, and, you know, I think it's been coming, you know, Detroit, we were on a lap to transfer, and, uh, you know, we got blocked, you know, Road America, we were on the transfer on blacks, actually, and, and that we had that fueling issue, so, it's definitely coming together. Maybe not as quick as I would have I would have liked it to, but uh, you know, it's definitely coming. That's the main area of weakness. I think we've been working on because our race pace has seemed uh, seemed pretty strong.
0: And let's talk for a moment about the gelling of your team. You alluded to the fact that that's something that's extremely important, and that's where you put your faith, whether it's Rob Edwards or anybody else there, specifically with your team, and in a more general way, Andretti Autosport. So, when you look at the upcoming second half of this season, what do you think that will allow Devlin DeFrancesco to do as he hones in on his first full season driving an IndyCar?
4: You know, I think it all comes down to execution. Mm-hmm. The speed has been improving each weekend. Um, I think the speed was very good in Road America in the race and, and in qualifying. So, it just comes down to execution at that point, you know, having solid clean weekends that are going to bring those top 10 finishes. And, and who knows, you get a lucky yellow, who knows, but for me, you know, that's what that, that's what it's mainly about executing, staying clean and, uh, and just doing well with, with everything I have with uh, all the great people I have around me.
0: Listen, before we let you go, and we do appreciate your visiting, I, I wonder if you could share with our listeners one story while you were growing up (laughs) about, well, your pseudo uncle, Tony (laughs) Kanaan. (laughs)
2: <laughs>
0: there's quite a few uh,
1: hey Dev,
2: Dev <laughs> t- tell the story Jack I live in an apartment in Indy that I could see the parking lot and I had a spare key so Devlin came uh, and taking stuff out of the trunk he had his handful so he would press the button to close the trunk I will let the trunk close oh, yeah. he will turn around and
4: I will open I did that 10, ten times yeah. I'll let
2: Devlin tell it <laughs>
4: He saw me and he took a video from the from the from his window, and I'm getting so frustrated. Like, what the hell's wrong with this car? And I had to put all my stuff down and keep closing the trunk, and it kept opening. I thought, at this point, I may as well just leave it. And this guy was making uh, a joke on me. Yeah, I gotta find
2: the video and share after. I mean, now that we talked about it, but yeah, that's uh, that's probably one of the good ones that I remember.
0: It's so typical, Devlin, of one Tony kanan but I, I, I'll go. I got even with him one time. We all know that his nasal capacity is far greater than any of us that claim Italian heritage, right? Well, during a pre-race interview, I found a wind-up nose that had little feet on it. And <laughs> while we're doing the interview, I let it go right across the camera length while TK was answering some serious question. When it was all done, well, I'm not quite sure, TK. You saw it, but you you kept your cool, right?
2: Well, I had to. I mean, because you you're a professional, people, of course. That's <laughs> you don't you don't get caught when somebody's trying to take your concentration away from an interview. You have to be professional.
0: There you have it, folks. Devlin, thanks so much. Enjoy uh, what's uh, lies ahead, and head off to uh, Mid Ohio. And our best wishes to your team, and in fact, all of Andretti Autosport. Okay. Thanks, Nev. Thank you.
4: Hey, it's coming a, up yeah.
0: next. We'll review some of the news and notes and wrap this little get-together up right here on Brick by Brick.
1: Quick pit stop, and then we're back on the track. This, this is serious XM's Brick by Brick. This is serious XM's Brick by Brick.
0: We are back with this week's edition of Brick by Brick. He's Tony Canaan, I'm Jack Root. And As our guests alluded to TK, there's a couple of weeks off, but there is no rest in the IndyCar nation. Joseph Newgarden said at the beginning of the show that probably the most important race and Alex Pillow bore that out when they both referred to the Iowa race as a double pointer. Why? Because we run twin races both on Saturday and Sunday. So without casting or denigrating mid-Ohio. Is that in your estimation, if you had to pick one race that could really dictate an awful lot of the future direction as to who wins the championship? Uh, who
2: wins, I don't know. But, you know, every, every race right now, Jack, that goes forward, it's one last race that you have to recoup the points. The problem with the double headers is this. Um, you show up in mid-Ohio, Right. You show up in mid-Ohio and your car is not good. That's one race. And you have time to go somewhere else and another track and recover. You show up in Iowa with the short period of practice that we have. Right. Straight to quality. And the car is not good. It's two races. And you cannot afford. The only reason that I would say that it's crucial for the championship, it's because you can't afford to lose two races at that point of the championship. So remember, we're going to get to Iowa. Middle I already had happened. So I, I coming to think of it, I don't disagree with you. And you show up, you roll off the truck, you have one practice session and qualifying, and you don't have a lot of time. If the car doesn't roll off fast, you're in trouble. So then, yeah, I have to say it's going to be, you know, we would have a better idea. Um, who is going to be fighting for the championship after the, that double header? And that's why all the teams are actually going to test because they gave up other places because they know Iowa was going to be a double header and I was going to be, you know, the middle to the end of the championship.
0: You know, the, the, the other issue, and you brought it up and I'm hearing it in a lot of the interviews uh, when we build up to an upcoming event and that's qualifying, mm-hmm. you can come and make it, to the fast 12 or miss it by if you extrapolated let's say it Road america almost a four mile racetrack if you miss it it may be by just 12 inches or you know a couple of hundreds of a second but here's the thing that has got to sit sideways for drivers when you miss moving on because of a red flag because the time and look there's a lot that goes into it tk you know especially on these road courses with the alternates the banker lap do you do it on you know do you do it on the primaries do you do it on the alternate and it doesn't seem like there should be that compressed amount of time but all these games everybody plays and sometimes right the green flag nobody goes out there but that's my point. My point, yeah. point was now there there you play with your luck. There you're going yeah. to
2: bet and you don't know what's going to happen. And everybody bets on, wow, the track's going to get better. Guys, it's eight minutes. That was my biggest bet peeve I had when I was driving full time on those places. Although there's one thing you got to be careful. If you go out, you know, qualifying is eight minutes, 10 minutes, uh, depending on the, the tracks we go. And you try to put a lap right away. If you stay out for three laps, sometimes people do one or two laps. on blacks, they come in and they go out, put the reds right away and go out. You get a problem like it happened in Detroit. The Felix got actually a penalty for blocking Jimmy Johnson. was right. Jimmy went out really early. So it is a game of waiting. But at the same time, it's a game of the product that we had that we created. Should we extend qualifying? I don't know, because we tried that and then people are still not going to go out. Or So it's like, I think adds to the show. But yeah, I mean, when you leave qualifying that you're set to do only two laps on the reds and you're leaving for the last three minutes, which is two laps. Somebody like what happened to Grosjean throws a red flag and you're on your banker, you're done. And that could be the difference on a weekend that you actually have a bad race and that could cost you the championship at the end of the year you're playing with luck
0: yeah and that and that's my point because at the heyday of your career or in the middle of my broadcasting career you didn't have to go first of all they didn't have all of this you know mm-hmm. red tires and black tires but by the same token qualifying was pretty well straightforward you went mm-hmm. out there you turned your laps but you didn't go very deep in a field like we have now where with 27 or 26 cars and the unpredictability that someone can all of a sudden hit the right combination, it is not PR fluff and stuff. When we say you can go 20 cars deep in the IndyCar field this year and this year, more so than ever before to look at who has got a shot, not only winning the race, but starting up front. Yeah. But do you know what? Playing the devil's
2: advocate here, look yeah. what happened to Detroit, it was a great race. The fans loved it. The yeah, guy started right. all the way in the back. So that adds to it as well. I mean, in the heat of the moment as a driver, right? Like I said, I hate it. I mean, I should be my life should be impeded it by somebody that throw the red flag. But you know, that guy gets a penalty too, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't change your life. It's like I've always said, Jack, I will get mad at you. I'm gonna punch you in the face and I'm just gonna apologize because I lost my temper. You're gonna say okay, but it's still gonna hurt, and it's it still hurt. Right. So, you know, so it's a catch. And I said that was probably if you ask me, TK, what was your biggest pet peeve you had your entire career since they changed that qualifying format? Was that? But honestly, love it or hate it, I think it, it's compelling. working. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it.
0: It's compelling. I agree wholeheartedly with it. It's very, very compelling. And look, there's a thousand and one things that could. Could go into helping, and I think, you know, the TV broadcast partners are attempting some of the some of the conversations that uh, now that they do that pit box spy camera, and even if they play it back later, and we have far more open drivers sharing some of their discussions. Yeah, it's still in code, but uh, to, to me, I think people can better understand the strategy. Hey, one thing that we should let people know about. Is as we follow what is on the horizon eventually, and that's this hybrid system and uh, new engine combination that IndyCar will be uh, introducing. Not this year, but I believe it's in 2023. We talked to uh, some of the OEMs about the you know the mechanical side to it. Well, the first test for that 2024 engine recovery system was supposed to take place later this month. But now it's been confirmed that they're going to push it out a little bit to uh, sometime in July, quite simply because the OEMs wanted more time to work with it. Uh, I don't read anything into this. I think it's what we would refer to as due diligence. I'm still extremely interested to pay attention to that, uh, as we get closer and closer and the results of that test and the one great thing tk i know that you'll be wandering around and if you don't you'll be debriefing over coffee and donuts with your cgr teams and can bring it right here to brick by brick so let's put a ribbon on this package and bring the curtain down on this week's brick by brick my thanks to joseph newgarden alex Pelot, and devlin de francesco quick reminder our producer is Nate Lee. For my partner, Tony Kanaan, I'm Jack Aruf. Reminding you, be sure to join us next week when we gather yet again for another edition of Brick by Brick.